Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Adapting to my new Tephus. Your new Tephus? Yeah, my new Tephus. How's that working out for you, by the way? Uh, it's it's uh, it's rather unpleasant, but, uh, you know. I'm, like, is it, are you getting more used to it, though? Uh, yeah, day by day. Day by day. Like, it's a little bit better each day? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, but you can take them out, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially the top ones. Top ones are real easy. You want to see? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you totally take those fuckers out. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how I sound without it. Yeah, let's do a show like this. I can talk like this all day. No, put them back. I, I don't know why I have to do the southern accent on that, but it just seemed appropriate when I take my damn teeth out. <laughs> Hang on. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, start off with apologizing for everybody for missing a week last week. We, right. I apologize about that. Yeah, so. we uh, both clearly had things going on. You know, I, I was uh, I was pretty much incapacitated dentally, and uh, you had some... Uh, you know, some business issues you had to deal with, I guess. Yeah. No, yeah. I had some stuff I had to deal with. So, yeah. but it was able to, it was able to work out and it was nice to be able to get that actually to get that sleep that I needed. So, right. Right. So, uh, it's, it's good to be back on the air after a, uh, a one week hiatus. So, uh, how's everything going in your world? I, you know, it's going, man, just, you know, working, trying to get things done every day. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going, it's, it, it's definitely going. So, uh, also in studio with us, not on the air, but uh, in studio behind us, uh, Danielle's here. Right. So just, uh, watching. Yeah, it, it, it's a little creepy, actually. I feel like we have a supervisor, you know, kind of keeping an eye on us. Like here. a soup, like yeah, a supervisor right. behind us. <laughs> she's just back there at her desk, you know, kind of doing her she's thing. Taking notes. She she takes a peek over here every now and again. Like, what are they doing over there? Saying, what, 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 you guys doing what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> feel like I can get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the. Here's the thing. It's, the funny thing is because you know she doesn't really pay attention to the, any of the news and stuff like that. She'll right. like she said earlier. She'll probably learn more about what's currently going on. Oh, doubtful. From us? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, even with the limited amount we're going to do, it would still be enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, shit. We're uh, we're purveyors of mis, dis, and malinformation. So, uh, On purpose. I, I don't know. In fact, Danielle, you probably shouldn't listen to anything we have to say because it'll just screw you up in the world. So, uh, Actually, and that what goes, we'll do is... That goes to you as well, listeners. Uh, do not listen to anything we say. And if you happen to inadvertently pay attention to what we're saying, take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah, <laughs> because we cannot be trusted to uh, provide uh, accurate uh, and factual information. There you go. Yeah, that's, so, that's a good. That's, that's our good disclaimer, disclaimer for the day. That's a good disclaimer. Yeah, uh, it's it kind of like uh, this is a uh, we are not financial professionals and this is not financial advice. But uh, if you're out there, uh, buy American Battery Technology. There you go. Yeah. So I, I need a bump on that stock. You need a bump up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so. Uh, so uh, what's peak? We, now we've got a couple of weeks worth of uh, news to cover, but uh, what's piqued your interest uh, this week? Well, I mean, look, we'll start at the top just because I think it's it's probably one of the more important things is that, well, hold on, this week, 
there was a conference that was being held in San Francisco. Right. And the conference had all the, you know, world leaders from around the world. You know, uh, Biden was there. Winnie the Pooh was there. Right. You know, all these people were there. But before we get into the actually the substance of what was going on there, I don't know if you saw this part or not, but like they basically had to clean up the city before the thing before the event happened. Oh, right. So they basically like got rid Just of all, the, off all the homeless, people. all the homeless people. Yeah. They cleaned the streets. They did all this other stuff. Right. And, you know, Newsom got called out for it and, and admitted that they get that's what we're doing. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but we're having conversations. So something's different, you know, like, no, you just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like instead of letting the world see how fucked up you guys leave San Francisco, you're going to clean it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I and go back to shit as soon as it's all over with. I haven't been to San Francisco, so I don't know. Um, you know, I've seen video and, and photographs, but. I, I'm really actually curious how bad it is in San Francisco uh, as far as the homeless situation there. Oh, they, I mean, they say it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of hurt. And I've seen video and wa- I've watched things where they say it's bad. So like I've, you know, again, I haven't been there either. So I don't right. know. But I, I wouldn't go back to California anyway, though. He, he, yeah. I'm not a fan of California myself. <laughs> California but, tried to kill me, man. So fuck off, California. <laughs> right. <laughs> me too. You know, last time I was there, there was an earthquake. So, uh, you know tried to kill me as well yeah so i remember i just remember crossing the state line into california man and just thinking like it just looks dirty yeah like yeah. just instantly well it's dusty when you first get into no, 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 you know, no but like it's desert. dusty on both sides right like when you're crossing like i was taking 10 across right so that that my where i crossed the border at was at 10 right and just from one side of 10 to the other side of 10 it just looked dirtier right right i don't know why yeah yeah well, and you got to pay for all your bags, and oh, I don't know why anybody pay would for all it. your bags. What do you mean? Like when you go like to the grocery store and stuff like that, you got to pay extra if you want a bag. <laughs> God, yeah, that state. No wonder people are leaving in droves. Yeah, know, and coming here. Like they've ruined it. California was like the, the the best state ever, and it's been ruined. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But anyway, let's uh, let's get to the meeting that happened. Uh, by uh, between uh, President Joe Biden and uh, Xi Jinping, um, it was a really interesting outcome because uh, China came in with a kind of a 180 on their position. You know, suddenly they went from being an, a, a complete adversary to to the U.S. to trying to be buddy buddy with us again. You know, and when that happens. I don't trust it. Yeah. You know, oh no, I don't trust I, it. At I all. don't trust it. Well, you can't trust the Chinese as far as you, you you can throw them. But you know the interest. Well, Chinese people are kind of little, oh, so you, you can't, can't throw. You them can't pretty trust far. the Communist Party. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the interesting thing is they came out with came out of the meeting with uh, three major uh, points, and uh, probably the best point to come out of it is our militaries are now back in direct contact. Okay, which is a good thing. Um, well, that can avoid any kind of uh, unfortunate situation. Yeah, and they also set up a uh, hotline, essentially, just like the old Cold War red phone between uh, the White House and the Kremlin. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so that either world leader can pick up the phone and get in touch with the other at any given time. So that's that's a good thing. But um, one of the things that came out of it was cooperation on AI. Yeah, which is kind of scary. And, well, actually, I, I think that might have been the entire purpose of China 
making some concessions. You know, because China is way behind us on AI development, at least as far as we think. I mean, they're very hush-hush about it, but the open intel out there tends to lean towards China being behind us on AI. And so now with this new cooperation, it's going to put Chinese nationals in a position to steal that technology and catch up. Yeah. And I think that, you know, everybody realizes that AI is essentially going to drive the world for the next century. And whoever controls it and has the best is probably going to be the, the dominant country. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Both economically, militarily, you know, socially, n- no matter what. Um, and so I think that this might be a play by China to steal our technology because that's all China does. In fact, that's all any communist country does. You know, they don't really innovate nearly as much as a free market capitalist uh, country does. Yeah. And so their innovation lacks. They can still make good shit, but they invent far less. You know, they have far fewer breakthroughs in technology and, and things like that. So in order to catch up, they have to steal. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they have they, to copy. They're great at copying, but they're not as great as at innovating. So, well, I, all the great innovators over there are probably moving over here. Th- yeah, exactly. Because there's uh, a lot more benefit to doing. It. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. those people want to be free. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> free is a relative term. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, comparative to China, right, right. Because China is, I mean, that's a, and again, this is, <laughs> this is the one part is that, you know, like, again, it's not a binary choice. They both suck. Not going to say they both don't suck, right? But the one thing that Biden always was 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 um, was given was that well he'll do better diplomatically than than Trump would do, right? So after the press conference or after the whole thing was over, they the media asked him if they if, you know if, whether they saw where whether he saw him as a dictator, Xi Jinping as a dictator, and he goes he's a dictator in the sense that he's a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that's based on a form of government totally different from than ours, right? Like, okay, true. Right. Absolutely. But you just called the guy a dictator. Right. No, that's solid. Well, <laughs> but if you're having trying to have warm relations, you don't call the guy the dictator. Oh, no. I, I Actually, shockingly, I think Biden diplomatically did a great job with that. Oh, did you? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was a very good move because, I mean, look, they're, they don't realize how the angle China is playing. But if Biden showed a lot of weakness on that and backtracked on calling him a dictator, it would have been a – here's the thing. China would have normally, you know, brussled at that and been offended. Oh, yeah. Which they were. They call, no, they, they let it slide. So that tells me that they don't care about that part of it. You see what I'm saying? Because if they were actually – upset and again when when china pretends to be upset about something it's all a you know it's a tactical play on their part and they just kind of brush that off well i mean they and said so it that, was extremely wrong and re- irresponsible political manipulation who said that uh the chinese foreign affairs ministry yeah it's again you're that, saying because it's a low level that actually came out and it wasn't exactly they had to have some response to it but they they actually put out the the minimal response to it so that tells me that china is making a different play here now on the surface you could say that 
China is, you know, in very bad economic straits. And they're in bad economic straits because uh, for, you know, they shut down the country for COVID, you know, did the, uh, you know, massive lockdowns, locked down entire cities, millions of people who couldn't leave their homes. And basically they ground the economic engine to a halt. And because of that, a lot of Western countries lost faith, moved out, relocated, you know. Um, you know, co- the, the companies that were investing in China, you know, got scared and said, oh, whoa, if China's going to do this, I don't know if we can play ball with them. Um, and so part of that, and, and that's like the the undertone of the meeting, but I don't think that was the real objective. I think the primary objective was for the Chinese to get access to our AI technology so they could steal it. You know, and I really think that's the bottom line. And by opening that door, we've done it. Now, I think that the the way Biden handled it was actually pretty good. Now, having said that, Biden isn't really in that great a control of his fac- faculties. And if you watch the press conference, uh, you could tell, man, he was just every time he looked away from his cue cards or teleprompters, he lost his place completely. He didn't know where he would. Did you watch the press conference? No, 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 I didn't. It was bad. Um, however, he managed to muddle through it. Um, based on the things that he was, you know, he had prepared. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it just looked, you know, the optics of it were really bad. He looked like a guy who, you know, could barely describe what was going on. You know, having said that, his instincts are still pretty good on diplomacy. And I guess that just comes with, you know, so many decades of experience. You're going to be pretty good at diplomacy. So, instinctually he was still doing the right things but you could also tell that he didn't he wasn't really with it no well, because he's not really with it no he's not you know and it's, i mean dude what is he 81 80 81 something like that he's old or is he still 79 i i always get confused but um the point is is that uh you know he he didn't do a bad job but i don't know that we actually we being the united states government actually understands what china's real objectives are well now, i think that maybe the bigger objective was actually what happened after that which was the dinner that he had with all the business people well i think that is their that's their overt objective i don't think that's their covert object objective and again yeah of course you know he he met with uh, the leaders of multiple yeah blackrock pfizer right um, like there's a, 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 um, Elon Musk, right. like, you know, he met with a whole bunch of them and right. you know, it's, you know, they, they gave him a standing ovation and, and it was, you know, and this is propaganda at its best, but right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, just, yeah. uh, and of course, uh, there's going to be some of those companies that go running back to China and dumping more money in the Chinese economy, uh, which eventually, you know, China is going to use against us. Now, one of the key takeaways is um, Xi Jinping essentially backed off a little bit on their invasion of, of China. Um, of Taiwan. Or, or Taiwan. Um, the, uh, uh, the Biden administration basically said, we're, we're still acknowledging the one China policy. We're not recognizing Taiwan as an independent nation, which that would have just, you know, sent the whole well, thing. Well, that would have sealed a, the deal. Yeah, that, that would have sent it into a tailspin. Uh, but. I think the U.S. position was firm, um, but also pliable, you know, 
but I think we have to be very wary of of what Chinese the Chinese want with the the AI. I, I think that's really, like I said, that's their that objective. was that was their that was their number one thing that they wanted to get across. Well, get done. publicly, their number one thing was to improve relations, which they probably have done, uh, establish communications, and uh, you know get the business coming back to China after they drove them out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that is the their primary objective because they're thinking ten years down the road. You know, they they're they're always playing the long game. They're not playing for today. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the good thing is, is nobody jumped off of a top rope to uh, to give anybody like a, an elbow, a flying elbow, or anything right, like that. Right. Which uh, well, like, that, which in Congress save that is a for different Congress. deal. Yeah, yeah. Let's save that for Congress. <laughs> so here's the thing. So <laughs> in the next uh, the next thing, you have Congress goes WWE. Right. Play the clip. Okay. I, I, play the clip. So this is between Senator uh, Mullen. Yeah, Senator Mullen with a, a Teamsters president. Right. And I guess these guys have been going back and forth a little bit, but. What a clown, fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. Okay, so he was reading a tweet uh, from this uh, union leader and, uh, you know, doing it as he's testifying before Congress. Mm-hmm. So now uh, the, the senator is, is addressing him directly. Yeah. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Actively. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Chef. it. Hold it. If Hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is. Okay. First of all, <laughs> kudos for to to uh, Bernie Sanders for actually upholding a little decorum there, or trying to at least, because um, it went it went either it and, went more. And after that, that was uh, uh, Sean O'Brien, uh, who he was <laughs> fighting, who Senator Mullins was fighting with, the uh, Teamsters president. Um. But I uh, give the money. I put money on the senator on this one, though. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a former MMA fighter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. But I'm sure the Teamsters president's been his, his share of scraps. Well, he probably has. Yeah. But, you know. And he looks like a pretty big dude. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him go. Here's the thing. I'm of two minds on this. I would love to see a Congress where every single day there it's just an all out brawl. You know, like a, a giant Congress should be a giant Thunderdome. You know, okay. Five thirty-five. Enter. No one leaves. <laughs> that would be my ideal situation. So I'm I'm kind of a you know mixed on this. I, I wanted to see a throwdown in in the middle of the Senate committee, but uh, by the same token, it's also nice to see um, you know a, a little decorum, a little professionalism, which is just gone in Congress. I mean, from from everything that's going on with Congress, you know. Um, all the scandals, all the stupid shit like Fetterman, you know, wearing hoodies and shorts. Um, you know, you got the uh, Menendez scandal, the second time he's been indicted for bribery from a foreign government. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Santos thing where he's not leaving despite, you know, uh, actually being up on all kinds of fraud indictments and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's kind of a tough call whether you want to see it just completely blow up. Listen, look, it's a complete lack of decorum. And it go here's the thing though, and it's for both sides. 
Right. First off, these guys that are going up there to testify, that are on Twitter and saying all the tough guy shit that they want to say up there, like you're like you're not giving any respect to the office that's up there. So you're you're not coming you're not Did coming they deserve in. It? Not necessarily. <laughs> right. But then don't go and testify though. Like here's the thing. If well, you're then gonna, you're in contempt if, of Congress. If look, if you're a if you're a Teamsters president, right? Then I would think that you have a level of decorum if you want to try to get things done. Oh yeah, that you should try to get things done. The Teamsters so, are so well known for their well, decorum. No, they're, and def- they're definitely not. <laughs> but uh, on the other side of it, if you're Senator Mullen, listen, you could have acknowledged this and been and then and then, man, I don't want to say shamed him, but you could have acknowledged it and then started like asking questions in a way of like are you threatening me kind of deal you know what i mean like right. like wh- why are you like you could have taken the high road and made him look like shit right. instead of going down to his level but the thing is right now we have all of them are just trying to get down to the level because again it's wwe right and that's what the people want you know and this guy that's look, what america I'm sure wants he made, right now. I, i'm sure he made a bunch of uh got donations and stuff like that oh yeah i'm out there fighting the teamsters and oh. blah, 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 you know he's printing t-shirts like about you it. got bernie sanders selling in there them trying to be the voice site. look bernie sanders is the voice of calm in this one right. like really that's what we're doing right. we're letting bernie be the voice of fucking calm and reason right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, like it, not to not to not to not just that one, though. But then you got. Uh, so Senator Tim Burchett was being interviewed by an NPR reporter and the MP and he was pushed into the NPR reporter. Right. By the ex speaker, Kevin McCarthy. Right. Right. Now, well, you it, have a clip here. According to uh, Burchette, he was uh, McCarthy actually gave him a hard elbow to the kidney. Yeah, like a yeah, like, like a kidney punch. Yeah, or exactly. a kidney elbow. I guess yeah. you want to call it. Um, and uh, whereas uh, <coughs> you know McCarthy's just saying, "Hey, man, it was a crowded corridor. I, you know, I'm sorry, I bumped into you. I didn't mean to. You know what I'm saying?" Um, but uh, Burchette really took it as a you know like an assault. So uh, we'll go ahead and play the clip here, and uh, you guys tell us what you think. <laughs> Yeah, I think it went all right. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin, didn't mean to elbow. Why'd you elbow me in the back, Kevin? Hey, Kevin, you got any guts? Jerk. Has he done that before? No. Huh. I'm going to go talk to him. So he's going to approach McCarthy now, and the NPR reporter's following him. Yeah. You got no guts. You did so. They sat there, and the reporter said it right there. What kind of chicken move is that? You're you're pathetic, man. You are so pathetic. What a jerk. You need security, Kevin. All right, so that's the clip there. So, again, you know, that could be much ado about nothing, or it could have been McCarthy came and elbowed him in the back when he saw an opportunity. Yeah. You know? it's pro- I actually think it's probably more the second than the first. It probably is. Uh, you know, given- Like, he thought he could get away with one, and the guy, and he, it, I think a little bit, hold on, I think a little bit of it is like the uh, soccer flopping. Right. A little bit of that. It probably wasn't that hard. Yeah. 
but like he was, you know, getting by and had an opportunity to just kind of throw a little deal right. and threw it. And then the guy was like, oh, hey, oh, let's figure this out. And then, yeah. You know, you get an opportunity. Kind of like shouldering to... someone as you're passing them, you know. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, it's a, a quasi-passive-aggressive move, you know. And remember, both of these guys are Republicans. Right, right. Like, oh yeah, the this rep- is there's no like there's no love there's no love for any of them anymore. Well, I I do happen to like uh, Burchett because he's uh, he's really taken the forefront on the whole UAP and aliens thing. So you know, and that's a, you know that's obviously a big one for me the disclosure thing. So he's pushing for that. But yeah, it's just <laughs> I just I just want to see them all throw down. You know, I just want to see one giant cage match. <laughs> I mean, you're getting closer by the day, man. You're yeah. getting, it's getting closer. But again, these guys are just again, decorum is gone, man. It is gone. This whole, you know, like the whole respect thing is over with. Well, you know why it sells. It's what the American people want. Yes, that's you true. Know, again, the American people want the government to be like the WWE and they're getting it. And I think it's great. Uh, because it it's inevitably this sort of thing always leads to the collapse of uh, of governments, civilizations, and things like that, which is uh, you know my objective, of course. Um, but uh, you know, I think that someday down the road, uh, all these people who are rooting for it and it's like, yeah, you give them Democrats hell, and yeah, you show those Republicans, you know, whatever. I don't know why I always do that in like a redneck voice, but it's just yeah. That's just your that's your go to. That's my go to. It's it's you know that's just my Americana persona. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took her jabs. He took her jabs. He took her jabs. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, at some point, America's going to go. You know, it, right now they're rooting for it, but at some point they're going to go. Holy shit! This this has gone too far. This is crazy. You know, and at that point, it's probably going to be too late, which is just wonderful. Well, I okay. So one of the things, and this is another story that's further down at the bottom, but it's the last story down there. But I guess it makes sense to go into this one. Okay. One of the things that you're seeing is there's a bunch of people that are just going to retire that are leaving. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, like. He, that a lot of these guys now are just calling it like they're getting out, like they're right. just leaving there. Yeah. And I think this is one of the reasons why, because it's broken down so much. A lot of these guys are like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. Like, I'm not going to deal with this. Nothing's getting done. It's nothing's, you know, it's, it's nothing's, you know, really kind of. Right. Right. And that creates a vacuum that is filled by people who are willing to play that role. Well, yeah, to, you're, you're getting the people that love this shit, right? Like Matt Gates, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, exactly. Like, like people like that are like, I'm, I'm staying. All the bad guys and good guys in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like all the really faces are is. leaving, all the heels are staying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and it, it's it's a wonderful thing, you know. Just keep America, keep doing what you're doing, keep encouraging it, keep buying, you know, the the uh, the political merch from uh when like senator muller mullins puts out t-shirts saying you know i'm gonna kick the teamsters leader's ass <laughs> you know? yeah uh, d- keep going with it because and keep voting that way because that will get us to the so collapse uh, representative ken buck asked about those silly incidents of near fights and got much more serious silliness hmm, unconstitutional impeachments and censures that don't make any sense buck told reporters citing actions that he opposed from his far-right colleagues incapable of disguising his disgust at the state of the GOP in recent weeks, Buck surprised almost no one when he announced that on November 1st that he would not seek re-election next year. 
Uh, the big driver was that we can't admit that Republicans lost an election in 2020, which is crazy, he told reporters. Even Representative Pat Fallon of Texas briefly called it quits just three years after winning his first congressional race on Monday. He filed papers to run for his old seat in the state Senate where he ha- had his best of his best two years of political life. He changed his mind on Tuesday after agonizing with his family and decided to run again for the house. So he's, he's coming back in, but he was, he was upset about it. And then, but you have all these people that are retiring because they're just, they're, they're just sick and tired of it. And honestly, again, who could blame them again? And none of these people are actually, a lot of these people aren't really actually really good people, but I actually have more faith in the people that are retiring than the ones that are staying. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're willing to, you know what? It's, it's like, it's like a like a Mosh was a really good representative, right? You know what I mean. He was dedicated to trying to make it work, right? And then was so frustrated by the end that he's like, "Fuck, I'm going to go libertarian and get out." You know what I mean? Like he'll switch over briefly, not really run for reelection, and just get out, right? Right. It, see, but guys like that are the people that you need up there, and everybody else no, is just getting wrong. out. You're wrong. You're wrong. You need more guys like Mullins and. Federer and uh, Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and, you know, all of the ones that are being the most disruptive right now. Those are the people that are going to save America. <laughs> no, they're not. not. Not the way they think they're going to save it, but they will eventually yeah, definitely. Do it. I mean, they're yeah. just it's it's you know, it, this is the thing, too. Like, I just view so many of them as just utterly pathetic. They're oh, grifters. God, yeah. They're pathetic. Yeah. They're they're, you know, like like Matt Gates. I just I don't I don't like him. I don't like him at all. Oh, he's a horrible human being. He is. Yeah. He's absolutely a disgusting he's a human bad, being. bad guy. He's corrupt as hell. Uh, he's most likely a pedophile or at very minimum. Uh, he um, well, and the sad thing is, though, he calls out corruption that I would agree with him on. <laughs> right. Like That's the shitty part. Yeah. Like he's but like, all these guys are him. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Like, yeah. I know you're calling it out. Right. But you're part of it, though. Yeah. When they hold up a mirror, it's a witch hunt. Yeah. Like, yeah. think about it. You look, you're part of a family legacy of people that are involved in politics. Right. Are right. you going to tell me that your dad wasn't taking fucking contributions? And, oh, of course. He and was. Like yeah. that you weren't politically like you can find. G- but all of a sudden you found Jesus now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, right. like you didn't find Jesus. You're finding the most opportune way for you to stay up there. Yeah, it's it's really pathetic. And but, you're in a really safe red district. So it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess since we're on this, do you, do you want to go the, the you put a bunch of Trump stuff in here? You want to talk about that? Um. Oh, OK. So this is another part of it. Yeah, right yeah we need to bring there. this up. So th- there was an article and this is just it, it goes into like when you catch when you catch the car, you don't know what to do. If you're a dog and you catch the car, you don't know what to do with it. Right. So there's a Washington Post um, a story here about a Republican state parties are struggling, like the MAGA people that get in charge are struggling. And the reason that they're struggling is because they don't know what they're doing when it comes to political parties. Don't get wrong. We same problem with the LP. Right. Um, but like. So these guys, well, they're, they're, to begin with, they're they're not the sharpest light bulbs in the pack. <laughs> no, they're not, and they don't know what, and they don't know what they've like. In order to like, in order to get these guys elected in state houses and stuff, you got to be able to have some kind of revenue coming in. Like you got to have money coming in for right. donations and stuff, or for the kickbacks or whatever it is. But these guys aren't getting any of that stuff. So now they're having trying to beg National for money. National's not getting as much money. The guy that's leading the whole party right now, Donald Trump, isn't giving any of his fucking money out, and he hasn't been for fucking years. Right. Like he thinks if I just say your name, that's going to be enough, and I should be able to get all the money. So these guys don't know how to run the state organizations 
and it, it's just it, it it's it's going to destroy these state organizations. The state right. GOPs are going to get look. They're looking at twenty twenty four as being this big referendum where you know uh, like the Democrats are going to lose. And since twenty since twenty sixteen, no, no, was it twenty sixteen? Yeah, twenty sixteen when Trump won. Mm-hmm. When Trump won in sixteen, they've either lost or underperformed in every election since right all of them they have they've massively underperformed and that's considering how crazy the dims have been like right. it's not like that all of a sudden they found fucking jesus and, and could could actually legislate and do things correctly like they're fucking shit up left and right it's it's a race to the bottom it truly is yeah well and this is part of it the, the only reason that the you know that's happening is because right now at this point in history the dems look like the slightly less crazy option Yeah, Yeah, because these guys can't get past 2020. So let me read this. It's from the article. In each of the 2024 battlegrounds, election denial and grassroots fervor for former President Donald Trump have rocked the Republican apparatus. Now the state parties are plagued by infighting, struggling to raise money, and sometimes to cover legal costs stemming from Trump's effort to overturn his 2020 defeat, threatening to hamper GOP organizing capabilities in the next presidential election. There's been an if, if... Infidence on ideological cleaning, cleansing instead of electioneering, said John Watson, the Georgia GOP chairman from 2017 to 2019. If those new entrants to the party want to argue the earth is flat and the election is stolen, they are counterproductive to winning elections. Like, here's the thing that he says here, that he says there's an ideological cleansing. Right. This is nothing to do with any actual policy positions that they're ideologically cleansing. No. It's that if you don't bow to Trump, that you're yeah. ideologically being yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So because when Trump was in office, he increased debt. He got rid. You know, he did things against the Second Amendment. Like he did. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. But it, you're right. It doesn't matter at all. But that's it's the all, problem. This is my team. Yeah. yeah. But these guys have caught. So the these state GOPs look. The MAGA people that are the MAGA people were like mid level GOP people that saw an opportunity to use a base in order to gain, garner leadership, right? Right. So they use that base. Now they're in the leadership positions, but they have no fucking idea what to do in those leadership positions. Right. And they're going to lose. An, they're going to look. They're probably going to lose the House and the Senate in 2024 at a time frame where it's almost impossible to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. So good for them. More, more power to all of them. And folks, this is why you should stop voting. This is why you should yeah. not encourage any of these people. Don't give them your vote. It only encourages them. No. no. It, it, and look, and mo- I think that I think that most people have just had enough. Yeah, but they're not doing anything about it. Well, but you don't want them to do anything about it. No, I don't think at this point. Well, actually, no, I, I want them to keep voting. <laughs> actually, I take it back. <laughs> I want the American people to keep voting for the craziest people they can find. Yeah. Well, that that there. That's are, probably. The, I feel like that's what they're. doing. That's a better way to ultimately solve the problem. Yeah. You know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Certain districts. So America, are I take it back. Keep doing what you're doing. So it's look in certain districts, the same guys are going to keep winning. Like Bill Arrakis, where I live locally, Bill Arrakis is the representative. He's going to keep winning because he's a fucking wallflower. And his dad. Most people oh, think look, that they're voting for his dad. Uh, anyway. Bill Arrakis is my guy, and he's great. Why do you say this? I don't. I'm just saying that's what every single person thinks. Yeah. Well, oh, they all suck, but my guy's great. Yeah, no, no, no. And you know, you know want to know why? Bill Arrakis people, is an idiot. <laughs> you know why? He's one of the dumbest people I've ever met. Yeah, but he's super nice. He's a nice guy. 
guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He does guy. the veterans calls. But he, ought to, he, he like he does all the. He ought to be running a hot thing. dog stand, not the country. If you go up, <laughs> listen. If you go up to his office in Washington D.C., he's going to meet with you. He's going to be super nice with you. He'll take oh, yeah. you around. He'll show you stuff. And you know what happens when any when that happens to anybody? Right. They're going to vote for that man forever. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of just being like, I'm not voting for any of them. Well, you know, he, he comes from, a, like you were saying about Gates. I mean, that seat has been held by him or his dad since I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gus Bilirakis, I think, was first elected in, in the 70s or 80s. No, and Mike Bilirakis. Or, or Mike Bilirakis. And then his son, Gus... Uh, took the seat. It's like, okay, well, daddy's going to retire. It's my turn. Yeah. And he's been in there for like 15 years or something. Uh, he's been in there a long time. I think more than 15, It, it might be 20. By, uh, yeah, it's just been... Uh, so, like, the same family has held that seat. It's like a position of royalty. The same family has held that seat yes. for almost my entire life. You know? It, 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 it's crazy that we live in that world. And neither... And I, I, I've known both of them, and they're both dumber than a box of rocks. You know, it's folks, I don't understand why you continually believe that you need these people to run your lives. We don't need any of them. They just make shit worse. You know, uh, anyway. Hold on. By the way, he, he got in in 2007, so not as long as I thought. Okay, well, that's what, Hold on. 15 Assumed years. Assumed yeah. office January 3rd, 2007. Yeah, so uh, 16 years. So, and it went, what about Gus Bilirakis? I want to say he was probably like... No, Gus. Oh, you're talking or, about Mike. Mike, Mike. Uh, I want to say he was like 78, maybe. I don't know. Oh, let me look it up. Let yeah, me look it yeah up. He's, it's got to be there. But like I was saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm basically an old man with no teeth. And for as long as I can remember, since I was a little kid, there's been a Bilirakis that has represented me. You know? And... Never have they actually represented my interests. Yeah. So Bill Arrakis made his first run for office in 1982. 82, Contesting okay. the newly created 9th District, he defeated State Representative George Sheldon by 4,300 votes. He was reelected with 78% of the vote in 84 and reelected 10 more times, never facing serious opposition. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's what you get in a... Uh, in a the look, oligarchy the that we have. Look, and, and look, around the country, a lot of it, a lot of the same thing. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, sometimes people get out, like somebody get loses one, there's some surprise loses at times just because there's so many of them. Right. You know, there's 435 representatives out there around the country. So, right. you know, and they they switch up districts and every 10 years they do some, you know, some, some you know, they, they, they switch out how the, you know, what the uh, maps look like. But you, you can't. Yeah, for, for the most part, though, there's a whole lot of people in Congress that have been there for generations and, you know, everybody, if you take a poll, the vast majority of Americans believe that all of Congress sucks, except their guy's pretty good. Yeah. How do you square that? You know, and that's because, you know, their guy occasionally brings home some bacon. No, that's what they do. And, they, you know, and the constituent services mean, like they, I said, I talked about before, the they constituent get services means a big thing. They get federal funding to build a park. They put their name on it. And next thing you know, they're in there for 40 years. Yep, like on 19, part of that college has <laughs> right. got fucking Bill Arrakis' yeah. name on it. I see every college, Bill Arrakis, right. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. that's the building. You know, like, he, like he put the money up for the building. Right, like he did personally. Yeah. Not that he confiscated like these guys it from to, you yeah. and then got his name on the building. Yeah. <laughs> Keep voting for him. Right. Keep voting for him. Now, in, in again, this was in the Trump area, so we got to do a little bit more on Trump here. All right. Um, so Trump ended up testifying in his court case in New York, which, again, 
This one's a stupid one. Bullshit. Bullshit fucking case. This is, I I have to agree, this is a bullshit case. The one in New York. Well, because they found him guilty before, like, this uh, this whole trial is like, how much are we going to fine you for what we already said that you're guilty of doing? Right, yeah, it's a show trial. So, like, but at the same time, this guy doesn't do himself any favors, though. (laughs) Like, he is such a dickhead. Like, and again, they're thinking that this might have been deliberate. I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's deliberate or not. But the, well, it's I think it's deliberate in the sense that Trump can't help himself. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's the only way. I don't think it's 4D chess by any means. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I just I just think he can't help himself. And he was just going to, you know, he, I'm getting an opportunity to speak here to the American people. And they're going to want to hear what I got to say again. Look, Trump in many ways is the 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 the. The lead horse in the crazy, like oh, the yeah. crazy going to the public thing. That's one thing I got to give him credit for. These other people that are in Congress right now are looking to him as like, I can get away with this because he got away with oh, it. Oh, absolutely. God, you, <laughs> you have to applaud the man because it's got to be, it's got to be difficult to be that narcissistic. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It can't be easy. <laughs> oh, boy, there was another picture of him, by the way, and I don't see it in here, though. But there was another picture of Trump that they got a side view of him that it looked like he like, you know, how sometimes you see a picture of Trump and it like he looks like he might have a wide neck and then and the hair goes all the way to the back. Right. But then you take a side picture and that hair is way past where his actual neck is. And he looks like a lot thinner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but, uh, I, you know, I'm, we, we know you're hot for him. No, I'm definitely not hot for him. We we know you. Uh, Hold on here. I got to find this picture you though because I saw it and I just at night pining, pining for Donald. You know, trying not to touch yourself, thinking no. of that hair. No, definitely not. <laughs> I look. Here's the thing. I think one of the things is like I don't like the guy. I think he's an arrogant, narcissistic a hole. But but like I don't really, really, totally fucking like. Like I hate him, but I don't hate him either. I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know how that makes any sense. But you want to gobble that knob? I'm we definitely know. not gobbling that knob. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing that. You got the hots for your boy no, Trump. I, no, I don't. You I totally do, do. I definitely you don't. Just have admit that. it, man. Just I, I'm not going to come I, out. No, come out. There's no need to admit the it. Air. There's no need to admit it because it's not true. <laughs> God, I can't find that fucking picture though. I just saw it. Look, it, oh, he looked so fake at that point. It was a weird deal, but. Eh, at any rate, no big deal. Hey, I actually... Oh, we, got that st- we got the stuff out of the way with Trump. Uh, yeah, I, I'm tired of talking about Trump, uh, as I usually am. I am actually going to talk about something that I found tremendously fascinating uh, that I learned uh, just uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's something called the Gombe War. Okay, are you familiar with this? I am not familiar with this. Okay, it was actually a war... Uh, that was studied by scientists between two groups of chimpanzees. And it was amazing because it had so many of the, the trappings of a modern war. So what you had is you had this large group of chimpanzees and you had uh, a basically a dominant male and some other males you know, uh, decided, well, they, they couldn't compete with the dominant male. So they, they actually went off and started their own, you know, tribe of, uh, of chimpanzees and started essentially doing guerrilla attacks, no pun intended, um, on the original tribe. Like they'd wait until one of the chimps was out in the open 
and they'd ambush him and kill him and brutally, you know, attack him. And then there was retribution and they would go and attack one of the others and turned out into a full blown war. And I just found it so fascinating because so much of what we deal with today here in, you know, humanity in the 21st century is really just pure primate instinct. You know what I'm saying? Because before this, and this actually happened in the 70s, it was a uh, uh, Jane Goodall was the one who actually documented all this, and I, I hadn't heard about this before. But I, I find it fascinating that so much of what we still deal with today are conflicts over territory, conflicts over resources, just like the chimpanzees. They were fighting over territory. They were fighting over feeding ground. Uh, they were fighting over who gets to control the tribe. You know, it's all the actual same concepts that all conflicts between humans are today. And if you really analyze it, it's it's we're doing the same things that evolution has essentially taught us to do, you know, for over the past tens of millions of years. You know, and if you look deeper, you know, most primates do the exact same things for the exact same reasons that we have conflicts. You know, they form the same type of hierarchical uh, governments, for lack of a better term. And those governments fight with each other over resources and territory and and, you know, dominance. It's it's truly striking when you realize that so many of the things that we deal with are just residue of evolution you know and there are part of our primitive selves that we just you know can't overcome and i think if you haven't looked into it just read up on the gombe g-o-m-b-e chimpanzee war yeah, it's in the it's, show notes it's a fascinating fascinating thing and i just linked to the wikipedia page but uh you know it, it just it, it's crazy how <laughs> how for as advanced as we are yeah. we're still not advanced no we're, we're still dealing with it's like you know, base prime base primal we're, we're dealing with that still there early primate brain and to a, a, a lesser extent that reptilian brain yeah you know we are the artifact of evolution um you know and and it it, it should be with our uh ability to reason and our ability to communicate and our ability to adapt we should have been able to overcome it by now but we haven't you know uh, just fascinating uh, little point on humanity there. But the good news is, is humanity's not going to be around for that much longer anyway. So we won't have to worry about it because Elon Musk, uh, you know, who the, the guy who says that AI is a threat to humanity, um, he just created an AI that's named Grok, okay, um, which is the, a good name. Well, it's, it's actually from, uh, what was that from? That was from a... Uh, uh, a Heinlein book, wasn't it? Uh, no, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No, I don't think it was. It was. Uh, it was uh, from. Uh, yeah, it's strange. No, it's Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah, um, which is a word for enlightenment or understanding. Uh, but it, the the book itself was essentially a cautionary tale about a messianic figure from Mars who threatened government. Okay. Now, here's the issue. So here's Musk, who believes that AI is a threat to humanity. He creates an AI which he proudly says has a quote-unquote rebellious streak <laughs> and names it after a messianic figure from Mars. It's from a, a Robert Heinlein book. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stranger in a Strange Land, if I recall correctly. I love Heinlein. Yeah, I think that was the one. Um, 
But uh, you ever read any Heinlein? No, not really. You should. Uh, great stuff. Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Uh, uh, the Cat Who Walked Through Walls. A, a great, great writer. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Musk, what the hell are you doing? I can't figure this guy out. You know what I'm saying? And now he's you know uh, getting accused of anti-Semitism because he's accurately pointing out that Israel right now is uh, essentially engaged in genocide, for lack of a better term. You know? And again, we've talked about that before, and I said this like on October 7th, right after it happened, you know, that Israel has a very short window before public opinion turns against them because they want to drive all of the Palestinians out. And that's happening, and public opinion's turning against them. And even now in the U.S., I don't think that support's going to last much longer. Yeah. I I don't see how we can continue to support. Well, they've done polling right now, and the majority of people want to see a ceasefire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like the majority of Republicans, Democrats, like the numbers are big. Yeah. The, the, you, of people that want to see a ceasefire. You you can't keep bombing hospitals and then going in afterwards and finding four rusty AK-47s and say that was justification. Yeah, that you the, know. The, look, their 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 video evidence is some weak sauce. Oh yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I it, mean, it's not to say that they weren't there, but like at the same time like Yeah. you know. That's not worth killing 50 headquarters kids. and I got a room that's got some right. you know th- that I got th- that you could have planted. Like anything that you have in there, you could have very easily planted. And I don't want to accuse the Israelis of planning it, but it could easily have been planted. It just doesn't look good for them, right. which is what Hamas wanted to do like again if you're if you get attacked and they they want you to have this kind of response and then you actually have that kind of response right like like I understand defending yourself but at the same time this is what they wanted you to do right yeah you're you're literally playing into their hands <laughs> yeah because right now as I said you know a, a month and a half ago it it's you are going to turn the world against Israel you know now here's the thing it's not like the world is going to be behind Hamas or Hezbollah or anything like that. But the, I think, and I think it's a good position to have that, look, Hezbollah, Hamas are horrible, violent terrorist organizations that will absolutely, without question, kill, murder innocent civilians, right? Okay. But now with Israel essentially doing the same thing, just doing it in a more you know, uh, standoff and, and uh, surgical uh, manner by bombing these buildings, they're doing the exact same thing. So I think it's actually a good thing if we come to a position and say, look, n- n- there's no good guys in this and we just need to get the hell out or uh, at least apply pressure to make it stop on both sides. Well, look, and, look, and the other thing about it is this. If you look to see... Like, if you've ever looked up, like, how big is Gaza? You know, like, how large is Gaza? Right. 25 miles by like long by about 17.37 miles. Yeah. Square, 17.37 square miles. We have. No, put, it's got to be more than that. No? That's what it says? Hmm. That can't be right. It's 25 miles long by about five miles wide. So, should be at least 125 uh, square miles. Um, it says here that. <coughs> Like it's twenty five miles long by seven miles wide. Okay, so yeah, that'd have to be like uh, uh, it, those numbers would make it one hundred and seventy five square miles. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Then. So, but we've look the the world right has put billions of dollars into this area. Right. How in the fuck is it not like? <laughs> how in the world is it not better? It doesn't like. 
That's a lot of money for an area that's pretty damn small. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, is part of it Israel's fault? Yep. Is yep. It, but part of it the people that are there's fault? Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hamas's fault? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, there's plenty of blame to go around, and essentially they're all bad guys. You know, yeah. I, I, I just Israel doesn't get to be the good guy in this anymore, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and that's not anti-Semitic. I'm not saying anything about Jews. I'm not saying anything about a religion, a, a, a group of people. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying the actions right now of the Israeli government are – it's hard not to, to call it a form of genocide because there is absolutely no doubt that they are – Maybe not directly targeting, but they know the consequences of their actions are killing lots and lots of civilians, yeah. about 12,000 so far. Mm-hmm. And they also know, which I think is their objective, that by pushing everyone south into Egypt, that they're creating a humanitarian crisis. But that's what they want to do. They want to purge Gaza you know, yeah. and level it. Basically, all <laughs> they're doing right now, the bombing campaign, is to essentially clear the land for redevelopment. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a more expensive way of going in there with bulldozers. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, just it, it, it's it's look, there's no look. The bottom line no is U.S. tax dollars should not be anywhere near. Yep, it. And that's the one. Thing. U.S. troops, U.S. warships, U.S. aircraft should not be anywhere near it. No. Yeah. We don't. We should not be involved in this in any way. Well, I, I think our involvement is hurting and not helping. It's not forcing everybody to the table to come up with some kind of solution. It's allowing for the status quo to continue. And we can't allow for that. Well, I, I think I think we're also working with a lot of the mer- uh, moderate Arab nations. I mean, and we're paying both sides. Yeah, but no, no, but I think the modern, moderate Arab nations don't want this either. I think it's just the radicals on both sides, the radical Zionists and the uh, radical Islamists, uh, you know, and, and pro-Palestinians. Those are the ones that want like, the fight. And that's the other thing. After the dusk settles on all this stuff, the Israelis should completely gut the, their leadership right now. Well, that might happen before that because uh, there's a, there was a lot of distrust in Israel for uh, Bibi Netanyahu before this started, and now he's losing confidence of his people even more. Yeah, yeah. Which he should. He should be removed. Yeah. And again, you were in charge when this happened. Did, don't you, you don't think you should take some responsibility for right. You know, for for your intelligence failure. failure? Yeah. I don't think it was intelligent. Again, it's not your fault that it happened per se. Uh, I don't think it was intelligent failure. I think they wanted the trigger point so that they could do this. I don't. Th- I think it was part of their long-term expansion plan, and they needed some type of catalyst to make the next move. This is what Israel has done. Every time they get attacked, they take more territory. They've been doing it since the 1940s. No, that's true. Yeah, you know? and it, it, it's their their mo. You know, and you can say whether or not it's justified is you know in most cases yeah you get attacked you you know go after the people that you gotta protect yourself if if you gotta push them back further to secure sure i understand there's justification there but the way israel is doing it this time there's no justification for well you You don't just get this wholesale slaughter uh civilians and children and and create a humanitarian how many more here's the thing how many more terrorists are you fucking creating by doing this oh absolutely yeah you're like every time you bomb one you're making two yeah yeah, everyone who survives that has relatives and friends that was killed is now a radical. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not good. Nobody in in uh, Palestine right now. Now, I'm sure a lot of Palestinians also blame Hamas. Yes, I bet you they do. Yeah, even I, though I, they can't say that out loud. Right? Exactly. I, I'm sure you know because maj- those guys are evil too. The majority of Palestinians probably hate Hamas, but now after what Israel's done, they hate Israel more. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you, look. You're dealing with look. You're dealing with two sides that are just that are. Again, it's it. it in in looking at the situation, there's just not a in my opinion, there's not a binary way to look at it. Right. You know, like I understand from the Israelis' point of view of Hamas. You know, came over, killed a bunch of our people, so we got to go take them out. Right. I hear you there, but at the same time, you got those people that are over there in 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 the Gaza Strip area, like dealing with conditions that are in, inhumane and look, All right. you can blame Hamas for part of it oh, and, but only part of it and you got Hamas intentionally placing <laughs> civilians and forcing civilians to stay in locations uh to provide them cover yeah you know and now the Hamas knows that Israel's going to hit them no matter what so now they're using it as a PR stunt to get the world to turn against them yep. and again you know and Israel's fallen right into it mm-hmm. you know and Israel knows this and that's why they're just going gonzo on the justification stuff yeah well yeah they're really trying to stretch it out to kind of prove their case and it's interesting because they're never going to do i'm watching how it's playing out in the media um and it's interesting that you have the media reporting on it and uh, ostensibly being pro-israeli but also asking the tough questions you know, like, hey, wait a second, this, you know, how do we know? Doesn't that seem like you didn't find much there? And, you know, so I, I think there's starting to be a shift in the media, which the government doesn't want. But I think that it's it's becoming so egregious that the media is not going to be able to stay silent on it. Well, for you have longer. all these protests that are going on all the way, you know, all around. Like, like it right. happened the other night where, you know, they basically blocked the DNC entrance to the in Washington, D.C. And it went all like it went all crazy. So right. you got... You know, and then you got the pro-Israeli protests going on, right. and the pro-Palestinian protests going on, right. and if you and free speech being you know trampled oh, all over the oh, place, oh man, yeah. which we're going to get into that some of that in the second hour, but yeah. like yeah, no, and it, yeah, in the in the middle of all of it, free speech is like you know th- this is the time in which they can make gains to take your speech away though, right? And right. this is what they're hoping though. That's another uh, uh, ancillary benefit to those in power of being able to curb more of your free speech so you have less that you can say. There's a lot of power that is being uh, consolidated right now and a lot of your rights that are being trampled upon. But that's pretty much always the case. You know, they they tend to take away our rights in uh, in chunks. Mm, yeah, don't let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is exactly what's and, going on right and now. And anytime there's a crisis, they're going to take full advantage of it. But uh uh, folks, that is uh, pretty much it for our first hour. Uh, if you'd like to join us in the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. Uh, you get a second hour of content, at least an hour of content every week. <coughs> Excuse me. You get to hear me cough more often. Uh, you get to hear my speech impediment that I now have with my uh, fake teeth. And you get a bunch of swag. Like uh, if you sign up for the higher levels, you get an anarchist guild coin. Uh, this is not a bomb duffel bag. Um, uh, what else do you get? Oh, you get an autographed copy of my book. Yep, Cassandra Trigger. The Cassandra Trigger. Uh, available on Amazon, by the way. Yes, it is. And I'm stalling for time as I try to get the outro ready. And there it is. <laughs> a little, little abrupt there. But uh, again, Unattended Baggage, patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. We will see you on the other side.